Let us pray together. Come Holy Spirit of God among us and so awaken our hearts and our ears and our lives that we might be brought to life again that we might hear your call upon our lives and that we might be men and women who respond for we pray these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. This month our theme in Sanctuary First is entitled The Sights and Sounds of Summer. The title is an evocative title for the internet to get people to start thinking about summer and the sights and sounds of summer and because it asks the questions of us all what are the sounds and the sights of summer that speak to you and for many of us surely it is those early days of our family life as young children or as teenagers and we think of the kinks singing lazy sunday afternoon right see or you stop and think of something else. So maybe for me it's the noise of children playing in the garden or in the streets. Or it's the ice cream van. It's the songs that speak to us. And it's the clothes we used to wear and we can no longer wear. And it's the expectation of holidays. It's also reminding ourselves and I remind myself of my tired legs and ankles that I used to have on those long summer walks trying to keep up with my dad as he was taking us on one of those walks when people used to go for a walk on a Sunday afternoon after church. Yet summer seems to me also to bring out the best in us and also the worst in us. It's often the time when families get together perhaps to go on holiday and it all sounds such a good idea to go on holiday together. And then there comes all the stresses and the strains of looking after one another or of intergenerational differences. So we have chosen the theme as an entry point into the four major family stories that are found in Genesis chapter 22 towards the very end. These four major stories. Now last week, those who were listening into the podcast on, on, on Sanctuary First will know that we were looking at that. It's a horrific story about how Abraham felt he was being called to sacrifice his son. But then he learned something from all of that, that God wasn't requiring that of him. That God had made provision for him to worship him in a different way. And so there was a lot for us to learn about God's provision last week, how God provides in our lives, and how sometimes we get things wrong, and we can misunderstand things. And God has to speak to us in a different way. This week, we come to the second story, and it's a completely different story. It's a beautiful story of a family, a family in search of a wife for a son. Abraham by this time is an older man and as you as you read the story and heard the story so well read to you this morning it, it speaks of someone who is believing God's promise that he's going to have a family and he's going to have he's going to have a nation but he's only got a son and his son's not married and there's no children and he's getting old and he's saying where, 
Where are my grandchildren? I wonder if there's some people in church like that this morning. And you're looking at your family and you're saying, so when are you going to bring, when are you going to produce the children? And you might think maybe this sermon is going to help you because you're going to discover a matchmaker. But you know, in some parts of the world, matchmakers do exist. I remember being in India a few years ago and speaking to someone who was a matchmaker. And he said, you know, I move among the families and I help them to, to match and make the matches and, and find the right person for the right person. And I wonder sometimes within our families if we think about that. There's just that stress that you're going through just now in your own life. Wondering what's going to happen to your family or your grandchildren. Wondering who they're going to be connected with. And how they're going to manage. But the most important thing is this. Is the unfolding guidance of God. As he connects people to bring about his purposes in the world. And that's part of what this teaching is about this morning. It's about how God unfolds his purposes. By connecting people and bringing people into your life. In order to fulfill his purpose for your life and for theirs. I want us to notice this morning that the focus of Genesis is how God deals with individuals and particularly how God brings, begins to fulfill his promise to the old man, Abraham. You know, Genesis is all about that, that section of the, the book of Genesis is about how God connects with people, individuals, in order that he can create a family. But then he creates the nation and it's as you go into Exodus, you begin to see how God then says to our community, this is how you should live. Here are the rules for making the community live. Here are the rules for Abraham's nation. But in Genesis, it's about how God makes a covenant and how God builds relationships with individuals. It all starts with an individual who believes God's promise but finds himself struggling to allow his thinking to catch up with what he is believing. I want you to keep that in your mind. I wonder how many times we struggle with our thinking as we try to catch up with what we truly believe. And that, 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 that was what I was teaching last Sunday as Abraham was thinking, does God really want me to kill my son? But I don't believe that's possible. But he's still thinking it. And he's thinking he's got to catch up with his belief. But God says, I'm providing another way. And so Abraham's still struggling with this because he's, he's not got his son married. He's got his son, but he's not got his son married. And this is the story of a servant who takes center stage. And a servant who begins to be the one who Abraham has to trust. And that's quite hard. And there's a lesson for us all to learn there as well. Sometimes in our lives as we get older, we have to trust other people. And maybe this is a message for someone here this morning. That you need to relax more and you need to trust those who are around you who are trying to sustain you and help you and strengthen you. And you need to be like Abraham. And see that you need a servant sometimes to draw alongside you. And to fulfill something in your life. 
And so, if it is Eloisa, we're not sure, but Eloisa was, was the servant that was, was most uppermost in Abraham's mind. And in fact, he was the named successor for Abraham. If Isaac, if Isaac never, was never born, it would have been Eloisa who would have been the heir to everything that Abraham had. Here's an interesting point. This man who, who has now been second-guessed and has now, is now no longer the heir, because there is an heir apparent, there is Isaac, he now then goes to look for the wife, for the man, Isaac. I wonder if you've ever thought about Isaac. I sometimes think Isaac gets a bad deal in the Bible as well. I've often thought of the psychological effect that that experience had of Isaac being bound and put on the altar and about to be, about to be killed. And I wonder how that helped his relationship with his dad. I've often wondered about that and thought about it. But, but also I've often wondered about how it, Isaac must have felt wondering what's this woman going to be like this man's going to bring back for me? Is it going to work out for me? And so there's a whole thing going on there as you start thinking about the whole story. And also... It gets me thinking about the stress that some of our young people are under in our own families. Young people who are just the age for marrying and haven't found anyone yet. And people struggling and saying things to them, well, wait, are you not married yet? And then people feel under pressure and moving into relationships that maybe they should never have been in in the first place, but they're under pressure to be in that relationship. And we all know that relationship's never going to work. I'm talking into your family life, I know. And it's such a stress. And it causes stresses between you and your children and your grandchildren. And the scripture this afternoon is saying to us, let us begin to trust God with our children. We need to release our children into God's care because God's working in their lives. When we bring our children in the church of Scotland for baptism, we're baptizing them into God's family and we're believing in that baptism. And God is not finished with them yet. And so, just as Isaac was worried and full of stress whether he was going to get the right person, so no doubt Eliza is stressful trying to find this young woman for Isaac. Eloisa knew that God was guiding him. And I think sometimes in our lives we need to be aware of God's hand guiding our lives and God calling us to do a job. And when God calls us, I think it's important that we be intentional about that call. Intentional about that call. If God is calling you to do something, you've got to actually do something about it. Just like Abraham calls Eloisa and says to him, I want you to find a wife for my son. Eloisa had to be intentional. He had to get the camels, get the right gifts, get the thing all sorted and get ready to go on a journey. And he knew what he was doing. He was looking for a wife. And you know, that might not be a bad thing for some young people to be intentional and say, why am I having this relationship with this person? Is this person going to really be my wife? Is this person going to really be my husband? And if they're not, why am I wasting my time in this relationship? It's going nowhere. We need to be intentional about what we're doing. 
Why? Because as we get older, we know that life is short. Don't waste time on relationships that are going nowhere. Be intentional about God's call on your life. If God's calling you into the ministry, then stop procrastinating. Stop saying, I'll do it in two years' time and things are better. Things will never get any better. This is the time. Do it. You're called. Get ready. And the importance of being practical. I love this, this, this story because there's a thing about being practical. This servant knew what kind of girl he was looking for. He was looking for a girl who understood what it meant to be generous and to be hospitable. Actually, these are two very important things in all of our lives to build relationships. You want to build a good relationship with someone, be hospitable. Take them out for coffee and then take them out for dinner. And they'll even be your better friend. Bring them around to your home. And then be generous. Give them a nice gift or give them a nice bottle of wine. And all of a sudden they'll, they'll begin to build a relationship. Eloisa asked this girl, will you give me something to drink? And in his mind he says to God, if she gives me something to drink, but then without asking, if she is hospitable and generous and wants to water my camels, then I'll know what kind of nature this girl's got, right? And so, of course, that's what happens. He asks for a drink and she gives him a drink. And then without asking, she says, yes, 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 and I'll water your camels. And then when he asks who she is, he realizes that God has brought him to the right home, to the right place. And not only that, he says, do you think there would be room in your father's house for me? Um, she doesn't need to go home and ask. She says, yes, there's plenty straw. You're welcome. And that reminds me of my own home and my father's home and how I was brought up in Glasgow. That, that we never needed to ask if we could bring anyone home. They were always welcome. There was always food. There was always something. Maggie always had something on in the pot somewhere. And whatever waifs and stray we brought, they were welcome. And whoever my father brought was into the home was welcome. There was always food. You didn't need to ask, can I bring this person? That's hospitality. That's the kind of homes we need in the church. When was the last time you invited someone from the congregation on a Sunday up to your house for dinner? Or up for lunch? Up for a bite to eat. And don't make an excuse your house is too small. It doesn't need to be big. It's your heart that needs to be big. This understanding of entertainment, of hospitality, is all part of how God guides us and draws us into his family. And this is a whole story of that. And of course, Eloisa wins, doesn't he? He finds Rebecca. And this lovely girl is willing to go with him. There must have been something about Eloisa that made him a nice man. That made him winsome. No young girl's going to go with somebody that she thinks is a bit dodgy. You see, he had something else about him. And God works in our lives to connect us to people that we can trust. And we know this is the right way to go.
This morning, I wonder why you've come to church. Sometimes we are needing and looking to know God's guidance. The sermon is saying you need to be proactive. When God calls you to do something, do it. And when you're not sure, push the doors and whatever doors open, go through. Why? Because God will bar the way if it's not right for you. And if you've been reading Sanctuary First this week, you'll know about the God of donkeys and angels and how God used Balaam's ass to stop something happening. God will prevent something happening if it's not right for you. But push the doors and get on with it. So many things never happen for some people because they have the idea, but they never follow through with it. I wonder how many people God has been calling and they've never let that call go any further. How easy it would have been for Eliezer to say, you know what, it's quite a challenging thing to go and ask a young woman if she'll give me a drink and then ask her if she'll come back and marry my, my master's son. That's quite a challenging thing. I don't think I'll bother doing it. I mean, any, anybody with half a brain would understand how challenging that is. I went so far, but I couldn't finish it. Is that not the whole story of the parables that Jesus commends the people who take the risk who step out and ask the questions. So have you been called to a task like Eliezer, not to find someone a wife, but to do something that God wants you to do in your family, among your friends, or even within the church? <clears throat> have you started out on the journey, but are you taking cold feet? Have you been focused enough in what God is calling you to do? Have you had courage to ask the right questions and make the task that you've been called to a success? Have you been listening to the voice of God guiding your footsteps? It's time to act. It's time to step out and find the bride and become God's matchmaker. Who is it that you've been called to connect to someone else in order to bring about the next step in the journey in the kingdom of God? Isn't that exciting? Isn't it? And that's why you know God's not finished with you yet. Because you've got introductions to be made. May God this morning speak to us of those introductions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.